Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Lithium Economy. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, May 31st, the end of May in the year 2022, as we have endured yet another month of insanity in our world and put up today with the once should be not surprised news that Sussman got off free. (laughs) Well, of course he did. He was working for Hillary Clinton. And we know how all that works. If you go against Clintons, you end up in the Clinton side column. So tonight we're going to dig into something interesting. It's the lithium economy, kind of looking at how the energy market is changing and how they're trying to force it upon the people. This will be some dark topics too, because we're going to look at as well as some of the issues around lithium, including child labor. Pages, before we begin tonight, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep is absolutely essential. This war is designed specifically to wear you down, exhaust you, keep you mentally off balance. One of the best ways to keep have a good night's sleep is to have the products that ensure that you have a great night's sleep. And you can't get better products than those from MyPillow, in particular, the MyPillow Giza Sheets. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a dream sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. And that's mypillow.com forward slash bards. Your promo code is bards. You can use that anywhere on the MyPillow site, the Frank Speech site, and the MyStore site. And some of the best savings around for all these sleep products are on the MyPillow site. Head on over to the Bards Nation landing page, my, mypillow.com forward slash bards, to see all those featured specials. And if you want to speak to a regular human being, a real one, not like a lizard head or, or, a, or a drone, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and you will find that a Patriot Pillow Counselor is there on standby to give you a hand, and you can use your promo code BARDS to get all hooked up. So again, mypillow.com forward slash BARDS, promo code BARDS. All right, I'm telling you, this has been a crazy day for many, and, and, and many are in shock right now. I will tell you, and I've because I've, I've just been seeing it all over, there's people that are falling apart. And of course, you have the 
the cheerleaders of the Q Patriot side trying to tell everybody, don't worry, it has to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> Sorry, that's the plan. I've got to play this before we get going tonight. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. Are you tired of hearing about the plan? Oh, just be patient. It's all part of the plan. Your babies, you can't feed them. Don't worry about it. Part of the plan. School's getting shut up. Don't worry about it. Part of the plan. The border's wide open. Don't worry about it. It's all part of the plan. We're going to $10 a gallon gas. Is that part of the plan? Suicides are up. Is that part of the plan? Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody creates a plan that makes you suffer more than you were to showcase how bad the other guys are. That's not a plan. Mm-mm. It's a diversion. It's time you guys grow up and realize you're being played. And there's a lot of that going on. People are getting played left and right and getting swung left and right by all these things and losing focus on really what's going on. Take a listen to this piece. I think you'll find this very interesting. Do you remember when Hillary was testifying about Benghazi? Probably not. You're too busy watching the elementary school massacre in Connecticut. Do you remember when Hillary got tattled on by Blumenthal for using legal service in the White House? Probably not. You're too busy watching the Charleston church shooting. Remember that time Hillary's campaign lawyer went to trial for lying to the FBI about Trump's Russian collusion? Probably not. You're too busy watching the Uvalde school shooting massacre. There are no coincidences. You control the food. You control the people. You control the energy. You control the nation. You control the money. You control the world. That's Henry Kissinger. Now, we have been dealing with unprecedented levels of chaos, and it's the center of the chaos is always violence, and it, there always has to be gun violence. The latest of these issues was Texas, which, by the way, just so you know, in this ever-moving and evolving mess in Texas, in a greater effort to have transparency, Evaldi's school police or police department has refused to cooperate with the Texas investigation team. <laughs> I'm sorry. If this is hurting people's feelings, then just get over it. This is the most corrupt and asinine thing we have ever seen because it is completely ridiculous. They know this whole thing was a setup. Now they want to now they want to destroy the school and build a new one. That's called destroying the evidence so no one will ever question the fact that the school was actually closed for five years. The bigger question is how many people in that community are bought off? Probably Oh, I don't know, 16,435 or whatever their population is, something like that. Money is the core of all evil, and people are worshiping money. And this is the ongoing problem we're going to have forever on this planet. So let's set the conditions tonight about where we really are in terms of this Great Reset. This is Catherine Austin Fitz, one of the most brilliant minds on this Great Reset. When the central bankers of the G7 nations went into the room in Jackson Hole in August 2019 and they voted on the going direct reset, everything that's happening to us right now is part of the going direct reset and they voted on it and it was a plan. Okay, so they wrote a plan, they decided to do this. So they've been, they've been engaged in the financial coup for 20 years. We're now coming into the end game. They have to consolidate the financial coup and they vote on the going direct reset. And without one decision, they made a decision over the next year to put 500 million people out of work. 
That's the equivalent of dropping several nuclear bombs around the world. That's financial warfare. And they made it intentionally, they made it knowingly, and it was a plan. And what is very important to understand when you think about this pandemic is people are not dying from magic viruses. People are dying from tyranny. They're dying from a great poisoning that's part of that tyranny. But our problem and the thing we need to be afraid of is tyranny because the tyranny is about to get much, much worse. And, and it's the passports and, and that system of central bank digital control that will give them the ability to do that. And that's where they're trying to push everybody like they're hurting them, hurting cattle. It's like you're pushing them into a cattle chute. That's where they want everybody. But don't worry, we have, we have our courageous, oh, I don't even know how to describe this. Let's just listen to one hero of the United States that's been emotionally moved by the Texas shooting. And now he's going to do his part as he virtual signals his way across TikTok. Oops, wrong shot. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let me get the right one. Yeah, that was probably what should have happened, but it didn't. Today I'm turning in my weapons to the Hillsborough Police Department in Oregon. Both my AR-15 and my 9mm handgun, I no longer want them. I know this will not change legislation or anything to do with gun culture in America, but hopefully it'll be a form of symbolism, and hopefully America can wake up because no other country has the problems that we do with gun culture and ideation and gun violence like we do. Amend the Constitution, amend the legislation, amend the statutes. We'll get right on that. So anyway, the, uh, the whole process here that they are finding is they want to be part of the greater good. We know that. And they all want to help each other and help make the world a better place because they have all the answers. The left does. Always. You should know that. And so we virtual signal on TikTok to get people motivated. I think there was 19,000 views on his little TikTok. That's not going to change the world. Just so we can do the numbers, there's about 100 million gun owners. And we've been out producing. In the last two years, there's been over 20 million guns sold every year. Before that, it was an average of 13 million guns a year. You can do the math on that over time. That's a lot of guns. We're not giving them up. It's not happening. But this whole concept that we're being shaped around is what in this new economy the way it's being sold is saving the world. They're going to save the environment. So we know we just came off of two mass shootings. One was in Buffalo, and the other was in Texas. But there's a little detail in the Buffalo shooting I'll bet you didn't know. A retired Buffalo police officer was working security at the supermarket where a gunman opened fire on that Saturday, and he's being hailed as a hero for confronting and firing upon a suspect before being fatally shot. His name was Aaron Salter Jr., and he was among 10 people killed in the attack. Salter was a retired Buffalo police officer who was working at the tops as a security guard. But there's something else about Aaron that's kind of important. You see, Aaron was also 
creating a car that ran on water. Aaron Salter Jr. wore many hats in his life, retired police officer, substitute teacher, but one of his true passions was science. He built a lab in his garage where he spent countless hours working to develop an engine that could run on water. It's not running off a gas fumes. No, there's no gas fumes. No, no gas fumes. Sadly, for all he was in life, the world is learning his story because of the courage he displayed doing his job, protecting his community. Working security at the Topps grocery store, Salter engaged the shooter who was heavily protected by body armor. We have evidence that he struck him at least one time and that unfortunately had no effect. Not everyone would have made the same choice to run towards gunfire. And with his experience, 30 years on the Buffalo police force, he had to have guessed the shooter had an assault rifle. Yet Salter tried, ultimately in vain, to save the lives of others. Aaron was, uh, I mean, a great individual, and I know he, in his heart, he wanted to save as many people as he could. And I, I, it didn't surprise me to hear that he engaged the guy right away that tried to stop him. Salter retired from the Buffalo Police Force in 2018, and by all accounts, he didn't need this job at Tops, working security. Surviving a job in law enforcement and making retirement, it's a big deal for you personally and for your family because they expect, you know, you can kind of ride it out now and enjoy your life. But Salter chose to continue serving his community because he believed he could make it better. Now his former colleagues are trying to get him reinstated into that police force for a single day so his city can honor him with the formal police funeral they say he deserves. Isn't that something? Amazing. Just like that, one of the 10 people randomly shot happened to be creating an engine, not just creating, had created an engine that ran on water. What did we say again? Control the food, you control the people, control the energy, you control a nation, control the money, you control the world. We know what the reset is. It's all based on this digital economy and resetting the money system, so you have to rely on their digital currency. And we know about food. Here's one. This will kind of shock you. This, by the way, has been running in the stores and in your restaurants since 2020. And this is just an example of control the food, control the people. With production now underway in the U.S., the company looks to win public approval. Inside these buildings, salmon are growing. They are the first bioengineered animals in the United States approved for human consumption. Um, obviously, don't touch the fish. Aqua Bounty, the biotech company that owns and runs this 40-acre complex, takes the I-Team inside the operation. Live fish can never leave this farm because of fears they could damage the wild salmon population. Sign into that book, please. The move in. Our fish was really designed for land-based farming. Aquabounty CEO Sylvia Wolf says the patented fish is nearly identical to Atlantic salmon with the exception of one gene. She says it's safe to eat, good tasting, requires less feed and fewer resources and will help ease overfishing of wild salmon. We're all about transparency. We want consumers to know where their food came from and how it was raised. The FDA regulates genetically modified animals as drugs. The agency has determined the Aquabounty salmon 
is safe to eat. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is in charge of labeling. Mandatory compliance for labeling in the U.S. doesn't start until 2022, although the fish could be for sale here by 2020. Those disclosures do not have to be stamped on the packaging. They can be included in a code. Aquabounty salmon is safe to eat. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is in charge of labeling. Mandatory compliance for labeling in the U.S. doesn't start until 2022, although the fish could be for sale here by 2020. Those disclosures do not have to be stamped on the packaging. They can be included in a code that must be scanned by a shopper's phone to find out if the product is bioengineered or contains bioengineered ingredients, which advocacy groups say could be confusing. So we know that food is being set up to be grown in facilities now. That's the big push. Destroy the farms. We know that. Put Get farmers off the land. We know that they're putting bioengineered animals, bioengineered seeds in these big facilities, facilities that are 80 acres under roof that now say they can produce food for 16 million. That's the new one in Texas. We have had salmon being grown under roof as the first bioengineered animal. What could possibly go wrong there? Especially since when you go into the facility, you have to go through a complete decontamination and you can't take that salmon outside into the real world. Again, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention the fact that anytime they grow something like lettuce, they have to test it on mice first to make sure it doesn't have any side effects on humans. We know that the financial piece, like I said, is being controlled by the digital money and the energy. The energy is the big war in the middle. You see, that's unfortunately what Aaron Salter Jr. stumbled on. He found a way to create energy that would have been free, a car to run on water. But that doesn't work well when you're talking about an industry that annually is almost $2 trillion globally. Almost $2 trillion globally. Here's some of the breakdowns just for 2021. Fuel production is worth $457 billion. Power generation, $530 billion. Energy infrastructure, $544 billion. The industry around it, $39 billion. The transportation part of that, $65 billion. And the buildings alone, $216 billion. Patriots, this is always about the money and about the control. So what are we being pushed into? We're being pushed into what we call the lithium economy. We're leaving the petrochemical economy, and this war is not new. This has been a war between tech and big oil for some time. And I've mentioned this before, but it's very important to understand that at the core of this energy production, what they call free energy, and it's not free. We're going to listen to a piece here in just a minute. The free... <coughs> The free energy market that they're talking about, it's all built around digital controllers. And all it is doing is accelerating this digital control infrastructure, which is all based on itself, has its own petrochemical products. Somewhere along the way, there has been a marriage made because the real myth behind all of this is that true green energy doesn't exist. Let's start with an understanding about the electric car. 
do electric cars really help the environment? President Obama thinks so. So does Leonardo DiCaprio and many others. The argument goes like this. Regular cars run on gasoline, a fossil fuel that pumps CO2 straight out of the tailpipe and into the atmosphere. Electric cars run on electricity. They don't burn any gasoline at all. No gas, no CO2. In fact, electric cars are often advertised as creating zero emissions. But do they really? Let's take a closer look. First, there's the energy needed to produce the car. More than a third of the lifetime carbon dioxide emissions from an electric car comes from the energy used to make the car itself, especially the battery. The mining of lithium, for instance, is not a green activity. When an electric car rolls off the production line, it's already been responsible for more than 25,000 pounds of carbon dioxide emissions. The amount for making a conventional car, just 16,000 pounds. But that's not the end of the CO2 emissions. Because while it's true that electric cars don't run on gasoline, they do run on electricity, which in the US is often produced by another fossil fuel, coal. As green venture capitalist Vinod Kosla likes to point out, electric cars are coal-powered cars. The most popular electric car, the Nissan Leaf, over a 90,000-mile lifetime will emit 31 metric tons of CO2 based on emissions from its production, its electricity consumption, an average US fuel mix, and its ultimate scrapping. A comparable Mercedes CDI A160 over a similar lifetime will emit just three tons more across its production, diesel consumption, and ultimate scrapping. The results are similar for a top-line Tesla, the king of electric cars. It emits about 44 tons, which is only five tons less than a similar Audi A7 Quattro. So throughout the full life of an electric car, it will emit just three to five tons less CO2. In Europe, on its European trading system, it currently costs $7 to cut one ton of CO2. So the entire climate benefit of an electric car is about $35. Yet the US federal government essentially provides electric car buyers with a subsidy of up to $7,500. Paying $7,500 for something you could get for $35 is a very poor deal. And that doesn't include the billions more in federal and state grants, loans, and tax write-offs that go directly to battery and electric car makers. The other main benefit from electric cars is supposed to be lower pollution. But remember Vinod Kosla's observation, electric cars are coal-powered cars. Yes, it might be powered by coal, proponents will say, but unlike the regular car, coal plant emissions are far away from city centers, where most people live, and where damage from air pollution is greatest. However, new research in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that while gasoline cars pollute closer to home, coal fire power actually pollutes more, a lot more. How much more? Well, the researchers estimate that if the US has 10% more gasoline cars in 2020, 870 more people will die each year from the additional air pollution. If the US has 10% more electric vehicles powered on the average US electricity mix, 1,617 more people will die every year from the extra pollution. Twice as many. But of course, electricity from renewables like solar and wind creates energy for electric cars without CO2. 
Won't the perceived rapid ramp up of these renewables make future electric cars much cleaner? Unfortunately, this is mostly wishful thinking. Today, the US gets 14% of its electric power from renewables. In 25 years, Obama's Energy Information Administration estimates that number will have gone up just three percentage points to 17%. Meanwhile, those fossil fuels that generate 65% of US electricity today will still generate about 64% of it in 2040. While electric car owners may cruise around feeling virtuous, the reality is that the electric car cuts almost no CO2, costs taxpayers a fortune, and surprisingly generates more air pollution than traditional gasoline cars. I'm Bjorn Lomborg, president of the Copenhagen Consensus Center. But what it also does is makes people like Elon Musk rich on your taxpayer dollars. Because that's the whole scam. You'll hear this term constantly, public-private partnership. This is another nice term to how to rape the taxpayer to make the elite more wealthy. That's all that is. And that's what we've seen with Tesla and with SpaceX. That's all just a pilfering of taxpayer dollars to prop up a technology sector and to make one individual very wealthy. Just like Jeff Bezos and your prime delivery, all of that is taxpayer subsidized That's because he's using what these days? Primarily delivery from prime comes from the USPS. And he gets a discounted rate on the delivery from USPS because he has he gets the kickback or the deals through the U.S. government. So there we go. All right, so let's roll back to October of 2011. And there was a deployment of 100 troops to the, from the United States directed by Obama to go to Central Africa, Congo region. Why? There was a person there that they claimed that they were after that the CIA did a video on here in the States that suddenly got 80 million hits literally in about, I believe it was about three seventy two hours. It was called the Joseph Coney video. Joseph Coney was a warlord, a Ugandan, and he was leading the Lord's Resistance Army. It was a child's army that they were using. He was recruiting children to make a child's army. What was central to all of that was the war over coltan. Coltan was a mineral being used in cell phones, and that's the same type of mining operations that are being used to extract cobalt and lithium. These are unregulated mines. Silicon Valley uses as much as they can unregulated mines through several tiers of middlemen to ensure that they can get the lowest cost. They don't like using the regular process because it their costs are too high. And China is one of the number one groups that are exploiting unregulated mines. What ends up happening is that we are end up, as we see this whole economy grow in the lithium economy, large percentages of the lithium reserves are controlled by China. China doesn't control oil. It's controlling lithium. And so the push is to create a dependency upon, for the vehicle part of this, to depend, make people dependent on the lithium batteries, which ultimately ties in with creating a vehicle that is completely digitally controlled, which ties into the Internet of Things, so that in this whole global economy, not only are you controlling the energy and the transportation, 
and through the social credit score, you're controlling the ability to buy and exchange, but you're also controlling the mobility of people. Because in this, in this new social credit score system, all you have to do is dictate that somebody no longer has the right to leave their driveway or go past their borders on town. It's called geofencing. And geofencing is a system where you can't pass through a certain point because digitally it will send a signal to your digital processor and shut you down. This is the whole grid that they're trying to make with this 5G piece. And it gets more draconian when you start talking about Skynet or whatever that process is Elon Musk is putting up in space, which is being funded by the Department of Defense to create a global airborne grid system that is more comprehensive than the 5G tower network that they're trying to put on the ground. So you can start to see now and a bigger vision why they want everybody moved to a battery-powered car. At the back end of this, energy is not losing. They're still retaining 62 to 64% of the market share with energy production, and that's traditional oil and gas. And on the local level, as far as your gas stations, they're just slowly going to be squeezed down in their plan to make them more limited as they force people into the electric vehicle. The problem with the global plan right now is it is off timing. They don't have the, the production capacity to meet their forced demand of buying electric cars. So they're still trying to slowly trickle this out. So they're trying to squeeze in other areas so you won't pay attention. And they're going to continue to suppress the entire idea of anybody coming up with an idea of retrofitting current vehicles to run clean like our vehicle here that uh, that just was running on water by Aaron Salter Jr. When I've talked about the county-by-county county program, you've noticed I've, there is a section in there I mentioned about energy and the fact that we can innovate. Aaron Salter Jr. was a science teacher. He wasn't an Einstein, but he created a way through just using his brain to create an alternative to the dependency on petrochemical and on electrical. And he retrofitted his vehicle to do it. Imagine the power of that. But we also have to appreciate the magnitude of what we're dealing with in terms of this whole mining process. It's what this Indian channel referred to as blood batteries. Climate action is the new buzzword, and why wouldn't it be? One world is all we have, and our world is at risk. Countries, corporates, and citizens claim to be doing all they can to save the planet from climate change. Green energy is being floated as one of the top solutions. We are replacing coal with hydropower, fossil fuels with solar energy, petrol and diesel cars with electric vehicles. EVs are being pitched as cleaner, greener, and sustainable. But are they? What's clean for the environment? may not really be clean. Hidden beneath the shiny exteriors of an EV is a story of blood batteries. These cars drive human rights violations, extreme poverty and child labor. Hello and welcome to Gravitas Plus. I'm Palki Sharma Upadhyay. An electric car runs on battery, you know that. But do you know what these batteries are made of? Rare metals like lithium and cobalt. Cobalt gives the battery stability and allows it to operate safely. It's a bluish-gray-colored metal. It is found in the Earth's crust. 
or what we call crustal rocks. Cobalt has several uses, like in jet turbine generators, tool materials, pigments and smartphone batteries. But its major use is in lithium-ion batteries. Half of the cobalt produced goes into electric cars. We're talking about 4 to 30 kilos of cobalt per battery. This metal is found all over the world, like in Australia, Canada, China, Cuba, South Africa, the United States, the Philippines. But 70% of the total supply comes from one country, Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Let's zoom into this country. DR Congo is the second largest country in Africa. Its GDP is around $49 billion. Congo is synonymous with conflict, poverty and corruption. Beneath the country's red earth is the world's largest deposit of cobalt. 92 million people live here. Some 2 million depend on cobalt production. They are called negotiants. Cobalt mining in Congo is divided into two categories, industrial or large-scale mining and artisanal or small-scale mining. What's the difference between the two? Artisanal mines are unregulated. Labor laws do not apply here. Neither do safety protocols. These mines produce 20 to 30% of Congo's cobalt. Some 200,000 miners work in these mines. At least 40,000 of them are children, some as young as six. These children flirt with death daily. They enter vertical tunnels. Most of them are too narrow for adults to enter. Inside, it's like a furnace. The children dig for cobalt under inhuman conditions. Sometimes they have shovels, but mostly they dig with their bare hands. They have no masks, no gloves, no work clothes, and sometimes just 20 minutes worth of oxygen. But these young children go on for hours. After digging, they crush the rocks. They wash them and carry their finds to the market to find a buyer. How much do these children make? Sometimes as little as a dollar. Cobalt is a multi-billion dollar industry. It is estimated to be worth $13.63 billion by 2027. But this money never reaches a child who is spotting and extracting the metal. In poverty-stricken Congo, even a dollar is worth risking one's life. Many die trying to make this money. ABC recently profiled a woman who lost her son to a mine-related accident. The boy was 13 years old. He told his mother he was going to the market to buy coal for her so that she could cook. Instead, the boy went to a cobalt mine to try and earn an extra buck for the house. The mine embankment collapsed. The 13-year-old never returned home. So, Patriots, the point that is really important here when you look at this entire model of the WEF is it's centered around a very few that are going to be allowed to prosper, and that's in and around their elite circle. There is another small group that will be their dependent slaves. Those are the ones that are the willful idiots and the obedient class. And the rest of everybody else, they want to see an extreme poverty so they can drive their labor models down in cost, meaning drop their labor, use that group as a selective labor group so that they become so desperate that they'll literally do anything for a dollar. That includes selling your children, using your children for slave labor, and you notice it's always about the children. For those that are out here driving their green car, virtue signaling the world, telling yourself that you're part of a great revolution, you're being lied to, and worse yet, you're part of one of the most criminal elements on the planet right now. Electric cars are fake. The whole electric green revolution is a joke. We don't have a real answer in the public sphere for energy solutions. 
And so this channeling of us into a lithium economy, which means that everybody becomes based on a lithium battery, is all about control. It has nothing to do about the environment. It has everything to do with being able to develop a vehicle system that can be controlled digitally and ultimately tie in with a social credit score. Even more complex than this is the idea that there's not that many cars available. Only the elites initially are going to get them if they get them at all. Remember that there is allowed one company by the WEF that can still produce a gas-powered car by 2030. And what is that? That company is Bugatti. I don't know if you've checked the price of a Bugatti lately, but it's not something you and I are going to be buying. Not at about a quarter million dollars a copy or more. The elite know exactly what they're doing. It's always what, I, what, what are good for you is not good for me. And the rules for you are not rules that they will live by. As they continue to squeeze on this and try to squeeze the resources, you're, we're going to have to continue to push for innovations. Again, that innovation, Aaron Salter Jr., no accident that the shooter out of 10 possible people hit the market that he just happened to be a security guard at. Aaron shot him two or three times in the chest, but the shooter happened to have a body armor on and just happened to kill Aaron. But how do you hide a murder of someone who's inventing a revolution in the way people live that could take the power away from the elites, the power of energy to control a nation? How do you hide it? Ah, You kill a bunch of other people, stack the bodies so he doesn't see. This is a criminal cabal we're dealing with, and we're dealing with a brokering of energy and power across the globe at an unprecedented level. And it's going to take continued heroes like Aaron to stand up, innovate, and to continue to take the risks to get this technology out. They can drop one, but we need 100 more to stand. There's a continued discussion you'll find on a lot of the, the channels about this great discovery release of new energies. The new future that was promised by Q. The new future. Let us show you a new future of technology. I'd like to see it. The problem is that the reality of that system that Q's talking about is Sussman. And Sussman is the bankruptcy of a nation. Sussman isn't about a corrupt court system. Sussman, when you dig into why Sussman was let off, it's because you had three jury members that gave money to the Hillary Clinton Foundation and a fourth one who apparently played soccer with one of the people tied to the case. You see, we're not dealing with a corrupt jury system or we're not dealing with a corrupt court system. We are, but it's greater than that. We're dealing with a bankrupted America. The morality of this nation is so in the pits that these virtual signaling left nightmare people are out here literally convincing themselves that because they hate President Trump and they love Hillary Clinton, that they can justify justice of letting a criminal go. And that's the reality of where we are. The only way forward now is for the continued efforts of the true patriots that are willing to stand like Aaron Salter and to continue to push forward to find the ways through the three critical control elements that the deep state has, food, energy, and money. And that means that falls on every single one of us, not just one of us, but all of us. We know that growing your own food and becoming self-sufficient is critical. 
Money is one of those things that we have to work on ways to barter and to work outside their system and even use digital or crypto and formats that might work for a time that we might have to adapt and change to. We have to look at hard metals and different types of currency mechanisms. And then there's energy because they believe that if they control the energy, they can squeeze us so hard that we'll give in. And all they want us to do is to accept their lithium economy. Because once they get you into that electric car, game over. And that's how they want it. Because they will steal away every bit of freedom that you have. We're into an era now that this tyranny does not want anybody to have any freedom. They don't want you to be able to move freely. But they want you to have the perception that you can Everything will become dependent upon your willingness to comply and obey their rules. Remember, they see themselves as gods. The idea that you're going to get a cavalry running in to save everybody at the last minute, it's not going to happen. The plan, whatever the plan is, the only plan that I've ever looked at is God's plan. And the powerful part of God's plan is that everybody has to endure and everybody has to wake up because God's not interested just in you or me. God's interested in all of his children, or at least as many of them that will listen. So ahead of us is going to be some pretty heavy times. When you look at how deeply corrupted the Sussman trial was, not by the judge, but by the juries, we realize how deep and dark the suffering is going to have to be to break these people from the cult that they live in. Add to that these other industries where these people here, the privileged class, are buying up electric cars, thinking that they're saving the world while they're increasing the exploitation of children in Central Africa, which is okay with them as long as they don't have to see it. It's okay with them as long as they don't have to be visually see, visually part of it. Remember, they're okay with pollution as long as it's not in the city and around them. It is, the, it is the antithesis of the me culture. And the only way to see the me culture collapse is that God's children have to continue to walk away from this in an exodus. And it has to be a hard exodus at all levels. And in the end of the day, we have to leave the me class to suffer the will ills of the me world and it will be a painful one to witness. We cannot continue. We cannot continue to march forward as a people expecting to unite with the darkness and the corruption of these others. And that means that we have to hold the line and do our thing as free thinkers, as God's children, to pursue a life of liberty away from them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that has come and continues to show us the truths around so many of the things that we face. Father, we are in a time right now that we are faced with many, many challenges. And these challenges are going to continue to test us and press us. And ultimately, the only solution we know 
is to dig deeper into you, to listen to your wisdom and guide us in all that's ahead. Father, we pray now for those that are still walking in the darkness or worse, the illusions that they're living in, that somehow their virtual, their virtuous world is better than the others. We just pray for a hand of justice to level the field, to awaken the many, to let them see truly what they're about and to start shattering the illusions around the heart so that they can face the hard realities of what this world really is. For those of us that are standing and walking with you, we just pray for the continued strength, opportunities, and this path ahead that we can reset this world in a way that honors you in all things. Guide us and protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Patriots, so keep innovating. Don't be taken down by any of the threats or ideas that somehow you're not capable of. Aaron Salter Jr. doesn't need to die in vain. He should be an inspiration to everybody on what he actually was doing and what the potential of anybody can do. We have to continue to rise up, challenge the system, and do it in numbers to weaken it in its critical pillars. We will reclaim the domain of food. We can reclaim the domain of money. And we must reclaim the domain of energy. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers focused right now so much on that message from God and his wisdom. Because God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk with Jesus fearlessly. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are, 
a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 